listening to Wireframes presented by the Application Developers Alliance. Hello, this is Jacob Goldstein from the Application Developers Alliance. For the majority of small businesses, the cloud has become an essential part of day-to-day operations. Cloud services not only allow smaller enterprises to accomplish the same things they've always done more effectively, they extend the ability of small teams, allowing them to use tools and services that would have required prohibitive investments in the past. But the emergence of these services has created an environment where managing the digital access of employees and former employees to intellectual property is more difficult than ever. ClearLogin's Chad Hensler joins me to discuss what enterprises can do to take advantage of cloud services while maintaining security. Hello, Chad. Thanks for coming on. Before we get started, I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about ClearLogon. Yeah, sure. So um, thanks for having me, by the way. I really appreciate it. And, um, uh, you know, so ClearLogon, our our main goal is to make secure access to the cloud easier for users, IT admins, and developers. Uh, Ultimately, our team came together after having built the identity tools based on standards multiple times, uh, starting in the uh, Google Enterprise uh, ecosystem, uh, later on for Amazon Web Services solutions uh, and multiple private cloud infrastructures. So after building this so many times, uh, we decided it was really a a product that should be wrapped up, uh, presented as a cloud solution and, and you know, enable uh, any enterprise or educational institution to take advantage of uh, of the years of work that we've done here. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, speaking of of the cloud cloud services and cloud solutions, one of the one and they're becoming more and more crucial to business every day. It seems like, at least working here at the alliance, it seems like every day we're adding another cloud tool to the, mm-hmm. to make us run more efficiently and more effectively. But one of yeah. the less talked about aspects of of that trend and the increasing importance of cloud services to the way businesses operate is that. Everyone who works those stations, who works at, at companies using these tools has an increasing number of accounts that they have to manage. And is, is that, a, from your perspective, uh, a problem in and of itself that, that people have to be managing all these different accounts and passwords and identities? And what kinds of problems does it potentially lead to? Yeah, um, that's multiple things there, you know. So the, the first one is, is the time it takes somebody to manage um, different sets of passwords. Um, you know, you see products coming to market that are doing an okay job of password management today, um, but that's a huge burden on on the users uh, to have to manage, you know, multiple sets of credentials. And ultimately, you know, those users end up using the same username and password, email address and password, um, you know, for for various sites, uh, which ultimately can be a security risk because the vulnerability of one of those sites uh, could be attacked, obviously, and uh, now they have the username and password. That may be your network username and password as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they start to, um, you know, really start to target those attacks now using credentials that they've gained. Um, and, they, you know, the hackers can route that back to who the person is. It's pretty easy to find out where somebody works today with, you know, LinkedIn and places like that. Uh, and then they can start attacking those companies specifically. So, um, yeah, the, the password management thing is just a, it's a huge burden and a, and a big problem, um, you know, for uh, adoption of cloud services. 
Yeah, it, it is. And, you know, the thing, the thing about that that always struck me is that it's always been known to be, and, and I don't think enough people use it, but the best practice is to be changing your passwords fairly often and, and to, to try and avoid not only reusing passwords across accounts, but having passwords be, uh, be sent in an account for a long period of time, which adds just sort of a, another layer where people have to be thinking about these. Um, but, but there is sort of the, the issue that, that that comes with is that there's this unquestioned utility with cloud services. These tools are, are essential to a, to a lot of business operations. And that's why you have, perhaps, in a lot of settings, so many different accounts, because more and more members of the average team need to access these different services. So how do you think that? that companies and, and people developing tools should think about uh, access management and how should developers think about allowing people to control who has access uh, to various services? Yeah. So, you know, I mean, look, let's, let's keep in mind that I think genuinely employees want to keep company intellectual property and data safe. Mm-hmm. So, you know, with that in mind, I think IT needs to be able to provide value to the users so that they want to engage IT when, you know, opening up um, various accounts with cloud services. And keep in mind, too, that these, these employees, they need these services to be successful at their jobs and to, you know, and to gain, um, you know, success for the company. So there's this whole concept of shadow IT out there where, you know, users are signing up, users are rogue, they're signing up for anything they want to, et cetera. So where we're kind of sitting here at Clear Login is saying, let's give the IT administrators a tool that can provide value to their end users and that the end users would ultimately want to engage IT because IT is giving them a valuable tool for them to be engaged around, hey, I want to use this cloud service. What are your thoughts on this cloud service? And why would, you know, as an employee, why would I want to do that? And what we're saying is we're offering this dashboard as a service. So essentially IT admins can build a dashboard with unified connectivity of the cloud applications so that users have a single place to go to access all of the apps that they're using for work. So when IT is providing this kind of value and making it easier, they don't have to now manage all these passwords. Everything is kind of connected. Maybe they're, you know, we we certainly are asking them to apply multi-factor authentication as you enter into this holy grail dashboard uh, of applications. But this gives the user a reason to engage IT now and to say, hey, you know, Mr. IT manager, I'm thinking about using this service. Can you add it into my dashboard? So then it gives IT a chance to say, hey, you know, this service doesn't accept the standard, um, you know, cryptography key protocol um, for authentication. So maybe it's not the kind of service. Maybe we should look at this service or that service and kind of provide more value there. Yeah, there's... So there's several interesting points in there, and I wanted one of the the concepts that I think is really interesting. In this whole space is this concept of of shadow IT, as you called it, and uh, you know, and I think you're right. I think that that generally speaking, people don't want to don't want to endanger their company's data, but but if 
if IT is getting inside the way of someone doing their job, they will find a, a workaround or a new system that will let them do it better. And you have this sort of this sort of thing where the problem used to be bring your own device, but now the problem is really becoming bring your own service. And I wanted to get your thoughts on because it seems like what you're saying is it's a responsibility of the IT department uh, at, in, within an enterprise to make the internal systems that the company uses the most effective system possible to reduce the uh, the chance of that. But I also want and is is I, I I think that there's something to that. But I want to get your thoughts on sort of from the perspective of someone who who runs what is a cloud service. How do you approach making sure that? The system that you're presenting for authentication and, and in terms of of user design and, and user uh, interface is good enough that people won't want to to get around it. How do you sort of think about that? Do you think about that as a design problem? Uh, do you think about that as a, a functionality problem? Sort of where do you think the key point is in getting people to stick within the system? Yeah, I think it's. Uh, you know, like I said, the design has to be, you know, something that is um, easy and simple and intuitive to use. Um, you know, in the in the days of old, right, there used to be the the, the Lotus Notes kind of dashboard um, place, and, and and you know, Windows was always built with these icons, right, to mm-hmm. access your applications, and they would put those, you know, your enterprise applications into a specific folder, and you'd go there, and that would be like your dashboard, you know, where all your apps were. But that, you know, bridging that out to the cloud, I think we have to give them something that feels comfortable, uh, that is intuitive and easy to use, that, you know, has pop-up cards that'll say, hey, maybe you want to try it this way, or, um, you know, maybe you want to make this suggestion and kind of give the users a place to um, give them feedback, um, you know, on the service that they're using. Um, But ultimately, you know, this this whole shadow IT thing, really, I read an interesting article from PricewaterhouseCoopers where they said, you know, developing a process to um, make sure that these applications are secure and that access to the applications in the cloud or the cloud infrastructures that you want to use are easy and that that access can be revoked when an employee leaves the company is making shadow IT or shadow cloud users into strategic cloud users. And I think that with the dashboard concept um, and giving IT a place to present um, the current uh, applications that are approved for use that they've purchased licensing on, and then giving them a way to request new applications and letting IT know about new services they want to use, um, you know, really can can make the cloud a very strategic tool um, other than a tool where users feel like they're hiding things. Yeah. And, and the point, the, the point you sort of raised there about, about, um, about offboarding 
and and people leaving your company is is one that I find interesting because in in the resources that that I was looking into uh, to pro- prepare for this conversation, uh-huh. one of the the trends that you seem to be is that people uh, tend to be taking their their cloud logons and their ability to access enterprise systems with them when they leave a job, which you know yep. isn't always the the worst you know a terrible thing because most of the time they probably won't do anything with it, but there's always the chance that there's that one employee who holds a grudge for some reason and also there's it's just never good practice to have to have someone who doesn't work for the company be able to to access your systems like that so how do you think that uh that aside from aside from just keeping people within the sort of uh the strategic architecture that an IDPT department set up what are the the steps that that companies and enterprises can do to make sure that digital offboarding uh, go smoothly and that, that people don't have access to their systems? Sure. Uh, I mean, you know, this was easier right before the cloud mm-hmm. because you just remove somebody from your directory service, <laughs> your source of truth, and uh, they were then, you know, locked out of the systems. Um, you asked them to hand in their key card or, or their, their office keys and they were locked out of the system, right? So with the cloud, that's certainly very different. And that's where we kind of believe that tying the applications to authentication standards like SAML um, and, and JWT, which is a JSON web token, um, those types of cryptography standards uh, for authentication and reverting that back to the same kind of directory source of truth, whether you use Active Directory, LDAP, or some cloud source as your source of truth and reverting it back to that allows for easier um, revoking of access uh, to those cloud applications. So if everything is tied to a directory service, you can then remove the user from that directory. And then because they don't authenticate with usernames and passwords anymore, they authenticate with tokens that are encrypted and passed. Uh, along through the HTTPS connection, um, then, you know, access is revoked and the user doesn't have a way to, you know, get to those applications and log in um, as themselves without those tokens. So I think that keeping things with those standards is is very, very important. And there's certainly lots of talk on the Internet about new standards and, um, you know, cloud the access standards, um, but you know these ones that have been around. SAML has been around since 1993, so um, and has evolved into SAML 2.0. And you know these are very strong um, authentication protocols that uh, I believe that if you're a cloud provider and you're not offering access in this way, then you know it should be difficult for you to penetrate the enterprise market space. Yeah, and and I want to get at a little bit the the concept you were talking about of a a point a, a point of truth was it or, or sort of yeah. thinking about um, authentication beyond the username and password thinking about authentication is just you know it it has to be a a, a you know a, something that's coordinated one to one with a person a unique identifier of some kind but but I think that it, 
that most people would assume that it has to be a username and password, but that might not be the most effective way. Um, but I'm, when I'm thinking about smaller enterprises, how accessible is a, is a system like that, a system that uses a different kind of, of authentication or even a central directory sort of in general? Um, is that something that you need sort of dedicated IT resources for, or is that something that uh, that a smaller business or a, and with a without maybe a full IT team could engage with? Yeah, there, there's plenty of um, LDAP-based services that you can run in the cloud now. Um, Amazon offers them. Microsoft offers their stuff in the cloud like that with Azure AD. Um, there's also, um, you know, LDAP as a service um, offerings out there on the Internet today. Um, and so, there, you know, this is pretty simple. We host and maintain uh, LDAP directories for customers for as little as $100 a month. So, um, you know, I, I believe in having that kind of central um, source of truth. Uh, we are in a project right now that um, we're getting ready to put out in another month or so that will take, we have a lot of customers in the Google app space um, and they want to extend that as their directory. Mm-hmm. So we're in a project right now to leverage that cloud source um, as an IDP to bridge the authentication and create these protocols like SAML and JWT that are needed for a lot of um, cloud applications off of the Google directory. So, you know, we're in that kind of project to help with the, the, the smaller uh, companies who, you know, have born in the cloud and didn't run Active Directory and LDAP. You know, your traditional enterprise is going to have an Active Directory or LDAP environment. Um, and some haven't, you know, kind of bridged that uh, environment out to the cloud yet. So we're doing things to help them where their uh, replication of their directory service out to the cloud so that it's always up as a disaster recovery um, model for their cloud application access. Um, so we're doing things like that to replicate the directory out to the cloud and then provide that as an authentication source. So, you know, uh, these directories are not difficult to to maintain and to run. And I don't think it takes a lot of uh, IT, um, you know, administrative knowledge. If you are using it as a source of truth for uh, authenticating to cloud applications, where it becomes difficult is when you're, you know, setting it up as a networked environment to, you know, give the, the control, delete, salute, and, and log into the network. And going through that whole process certainly needs a domain administrator. But, um, run a simple cloud directory is, is, is not a, uh, it's a very easy task today. Yeah. Um, I, I want to ask you about something that you mentioned sort of uh, in the course of, of that answer where you said that, that larger enterprises are, are moving their internal LDAP directories out to the cloud as a disaster recovery system. And I was wondering what you you meant by that and what kind of a, what kind of disaster it would be and and how that, yeah. that recovery process works that's a good question so let's take an example of i've used the saml protocol to tie in my login access to um Office 365 or to Google Apps or to Salesforce, okay? 
And uh, so when somebody goes on to Salesforce and they access their company's page on Salesforce now because the single sign-on piece actually takes over the traditional login screen of a cloud source. Um, so when they go to this new logon page for Salesforce, which Salesforce picks up by the user's domain name, the user puts in their username and password. What happens at that point is the, the cloud service of Salesforce says, okay, this 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 user is using single sign-on, so we need to check their directory. So when they go to check their directory, let's say their domain controller inside their office is down, that server's down, or the power happens to be out, um, you know, because it's over the weekend and they had a power outage and nobody knew about it because it's Saturday. So that cloud source now cannot authenticate to that directory because the power's out. Mm -hmm. So what we're doing is taking those directories, replicating them out to the cloud, and then putting them in multiple regions and multiple availability zones, things like that, so that that service is always up and running for cloud application access to authenticate the users off of the company's directory source of truth, uh, and then pass the user into that application. So that's kind of what I meant by the replication service there. Yeah, yeah, that's that's it's an interesting point, in it, and I think that it gets at um, one of the one of the changing ways that that people sort of have for for expectations uh, in in working in the tools that they work with that have come with cloud services is that I think that that people sort of with their experience with things like Salesforce and, and Google apps and, and these massive tools, they very rarely are ever unavailable at any point in time. And outages are, are so uncommon that it's, I think people expect to be able to recover that. And I think that, that, that might uh, make it difficult for, for a smaller enterprise trying to sort of manage its own tools to, to get their, to get people to, to work within the system. Is that something you agree with? And, and in your experience, is that true that, that smaller enterprises have it tougher because people expect more if they're trying to manage their own IT? And do you think that there's there's sort of something that a, a smaller IT department can do about that? Or do you just sort of have to, to be more accepting of cloud tools in general? Uh, it's definitely harder for the smaller businesses. Um, you know, they don't have these, you know, this has been, uh, you know, traditionally big box software and cumbersome infrastructures to be put in place to have single sign-on uh, authentication tools. Um, and, you know, Clear Login obviously is here to kind of relieve that pressure and make that easier for especially smaller businesses and make it easier for larger enterprises who have adopted these big box softwares and are due for an update for their, you know, RSA infrastructure and are saying, hey, isn't there something running in the cloud now that can do that? Uh, and hopefully they would turn to us, uh, you know, to, to, to take a look at the product at that point. So, um, but for the smaller businesses, it's certainly a, a challenge because when they started their companies, they certainly wouldn't put anything into place like this. They would just start signing up for services. The founders would sign up. Now they bring on more employees. They would say, hey, we'll get you another license. You sign up, so on and so forth. And it just starts to take off. And then when you try to 
kind of um, to wrangle all that back in, um, it can seem like you're, you know, uh, providing friction for the users at that point. And that's where I kind of came with this concept of giving them a value proposition of, hey, we're going to make it easier for you to access all of these things. You don't have to remember all these different URLs. You don't have to remember all these different usernames and passwords. And ultimately, we want to protect the intellectual property of the company that we're building together, et cetera. So, um, and that's why we're doing this and kind of take that top-down approach where it's led by the executives and we're you know, going after this in, in this fashion. And this is why we're doing it to provide more security. So, um, and, and I think with the benefits that the users will get in the end um, by accessing their corporate dashboard and having it, you know, branded, it feels neat, you know, it's your company's logo, you're logging into this branded page, uh, and then all the things that you want to access are on the next screen. And, uh, you know, I think that that provides a lot of value for for your users. And then, you know, ultimately, in the end, you could start putting messages out to them there, um, you know, and and tie it in with your intranet. We're seeing schools do this. We haven't seen this adopted in the enterprise yet, but we're seeing schools do this where they're tying these dashboards into their um, their portals where the students come and access, uh, you know, for higher education, they come and access their portal for um, you know, their their account, how many credits do they have, how much they paid for, how much they owe. And then they can also get into their email, their course scheduling, all of those things that would have taken another login before and tying that all into the student portal. So I think we'll see that uh, begin to be adopted uh, in the enterprise world uh, very soon. Yeah, yeah, and there's something there's something I sort of wanted to get at. Um, you talked a little bit about the idea of licenses and, and that all a lot of these services are are charged. Cloud services are charged on a, a per user basis, and I think that a practice that I think uh, it would I would assume is is endemic to to smaller enterprises now is is having sort of communal accounts that take advantage of a license and and a shared account uh, information to get at uh, to to allow multiple members of a team to use a service that they they all need without extending all of these these licenses and using resources they might not have do you think that that's a am i am i correct as someone in the space is that a common practice and also like i assume that that creates a a huge security risk or a huge hassle every time you have to offboard someone to, to change all that information or you have to store that that login information somewhere where it's readily accessible in in probably in plain text. Is that a yes. is that a problem? As you, as you, you would <laughs> well, see it, and how do you think people should approach that? It, you, you certainly saw that with the Sony attack. I mean, that was uh, a lot of that was driven off of a document named passwords. So um, <laughs> I've certainly seen that before, um, but. Uh, you know, I'm not a big fan of, of shared um, accounts. It, 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 audibility of those accounts is very difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I understand why it's done, and especially in, in some of the services like in, in a bank, for instance, it's difficult to access the bank account um, from, you know, multiple user accounts. So some banks just don't have that today. So, I understand why it's there, and I certainly don't like it from a security perspective because, like you said, offboarding the, an employee 
um, who already knows the username and password, you then have to change the username and password. Um, so ultimately, though, when you can tie this back into a directory, you can cut off that access through the directory. So by sticking with services that utilize standards and protocols, it makes it much easier for you to manipulate and to turn off those user accounts for the specific user that, um, you know, had access to the banking uh, infrastructure per se. So I think that's really important to try to use services that are offering the standards and protocols um, so that, you know, the user doesn't even need to know the username and password. They only knew, knew the username and password to get into your corporate system, which you then can revoke that, and then they have no access to anything after that. Yeah, I, I think that that, that that sort of brings up a, an interesting point because you talked earlier about um, – you know, businesses today are, aren't born with, with, I think, working directories like that most often. They're born with cloud services and they have two to three employees. They don't need to have a directory. And then as they start to expand, you know, that model of just having a bunch of cloud services and not having any central system to tie them together can become problematic from a security standpoint. So as someone working in the space, at what size about do you think that you start needing to think about implementing a something like a, a directory or some kind of central repository instead of just sort of having your your business system set across this this you know loosely connected in all likelihood network of cloud services? Sure, you know it's a good question. I would have to say when you start approaching that to you know ten employees and up range. Um, it's really time to think about it. Um, you know, I've actually had individuals sign up for our service and want to <laughs> want to extend SAML authentication with, you know, for, for their personal accounts uh, to, to try to protect it more. Um, so I think, you know, as you start to get into the double digits in an employee account uh, is when you, you really start to need to look at these services um, and, and you know, securing them with, with these authentication standards. And, you know, if you're, you know, most business owners have no concept of what SAML is and nor do we expect them to, you know, um, but uh, uh, that's really what the clear login platforms kind of made this stuff dummy proof is to, is to basically educate the users or the, the company owner about these standards and why it's good to use them and then giving them the tools to, you know, if you were to take Active Directory and try to write SAML routines, I mean, that's a lot of code that you need to write. We've done all of that work, you know, so it's all clicks of a button. Um, you know, change a few settings on the provider side and, and you're off and running. So um, we've done all that heavy lifting. So hopefully um, we make it easier uh, on these smaller businesses to uh, add these, you know, SAML authentications. And then by adding a cloud service as a directory uh, coming here in short order, I think we'll really see a lot of adoption. So. Um, I, I just want to sort of to, to bring it from from the other perspective. A lot of developers who are out there 
of building these kinds of tools to try and extend the uh, the ability of businesses to, to to in smaller teams, especially to 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 do good work and, and are building cloud enterprise tools. And I think that security is something that that they tend maybe to think about as a as kind of a secondary concern after functionality. Um, and maybe you know maybe not so much with design, but it's it's definitely something that. That security is something that that I think gets doesn't get thought about quite enough. But what advice would you have for people who are working in this space and building cloud enterprise tools to make uh, to make their apps more secure um, for enterprise users? Like what kinds of I you've mentioned standards a few times, but but what beyond that should uh, should they be doing? Well, definitely, like you said, I mean, they, they definitely should be developing with the standards in mind. Um, I mean, I don't think there's a developer on the planet that you'll talk to who has a developed username and password and, you know, sign up this way, you know, uh, forms, sign up forms and everything a, a gazillion times. Mm-hmm. That certainly, you know, eats up time uh, uh, in the true development of, a, of an enterprise application. Is you have to spend time developing authentication routines. So what we've done here uh, to make this easier for developers is we provide a service called Clear Login Anywhere. And the service is basically a Java embed script that they can drop into any application, uh, any web um you know, portal, um, any place that they want to authenticate to. Uh, and then they can implement with a few lines of code um, this JWT standard uh, and then route the authentication for their apps back to their company's directory source of truth. So um, we believe that, you know, that that heavy lifting is all done now for the developers. So it should make it much easier on them when, you know, speeding up enterprise development uh, and making the secure authentication routines happen with these standards uh, in place without lots of code being written and lots of tie-ins back to their directory. And now something changes and they have to maintain that and so forth. And it just becomes very cumbersome. So with this simple clear login anywhere script, um, we've seen a lot of adoption with that, and uh, I feel that that really helps uh, kind of extend the standards uh, out to enterprise applications in a way that we haven't seen before. Yeah, yeah, and I I think that that just to, to wrap up, I I've, we you talked a little bit about how these standards have have been around for a long time, and and it seems like with that and the directories, we're still sort of working with with the same you know, basic concepts of, of enterprise security that we we've been working with previously and just sort of extending those concepts out to the cloud is, is the interesting question right now. But do you think that that's something that's going to, going to persist going down the line uh, as, as cloud services become more and more prevalent and as sort of the, the hacks and, and intrusions into major systems become more and more prominent. It seems like there there's a new one every day almost uh, lately. Yeah. And and do you think that there's big changes coming? And and what might what some might something like that look like? Or are we just sort of going to be working on making this whole thing more efficient and making people better about security? 
I think it's going to be a combination of both. Um, certainly, certainly seeing great strides in the Open ID Connect with uh, OAuth um, out there as of uh, early part of last year. Um, so I, I think there's something to be said for that standard. Um, I, I think that the directory source of truth. I mean, there has to be some source of truth. So whether it's a cloud source or uh, you know a a traditional LDAP type directory that can certainly run in the cloud. Um, you know, all the cloud services are offering, you know, simple, simple AD and all these things now. So, uh, those tools are there. I think that there really has to be this, this source of truth that allows for this easier onboarding and offboarding, uh, one place for you to cut off access. Uh, and then, you know, this also gives you the ability to apply multi-factor authentication rules that don't rely on the service provider's multi-factor authentication. So as an example, I mean, we love Google Apps, um, but if you turn on multi-factor authentication for Google Apps, it's turned on for everybody within the service. So then you get users enrolling that really might not understand it or or, or aren't the kind of users that um, uh, need it. So with um, a directory source, you can start to do specific rules based on what group they're in under directory, maybe what IP address they're accessing from because everything is coming back to your central source of truth. And now you can do rules that say things like, okay, this user is outside of our office confines and they fall into the executive group. Let's challenge them with multi-factor authentication um, with the retina scan and the fingerprint scan. You know, so you can start to get these more complex multi-factor authentication routines, but have a place to put them and have a place to manage them and, you know, not make this an overly burdensome infrastructure that you have to put into place. So by leveraging, I think, the, the, the directory source with different rules, um, I think it would be tough to get away from, you know, some kind of, directory that is the source of truth. And like I said, that could be a cloud source. Um, you know, you could say, hey, clear login, we want to use Salesforce as our directory. Well, I can tell you, if you wanted to do that, we would figure out a way to make that happen. All right, all right. It, it's, an, it's an interesting space and, and something that's certainly only going to become more relevant as the cloud continues to, to grow and cloud services continue to come available. And Chad, thanks for coming on to chat with me about it. I really appreciate it, Jacob. And, and thanks for having me. Much appreciated. Thanks for listening. Please remember to subscribe to Wireframes by the Apps Alliance to hear more insights from industry leaders.